Welcome to Season 3. The You Don't Have to Be Perfect podcast is an authentic space to talk about life in truth and love. This podcast has evolved, which is no surprise to me, because when you live authentically, you experience a lot of change. Thankfully, it's always a positive change, because when you ditch the coulds and shoulds and let God lead, the outcome is always beautiful. This podcast started as a resource for recovering perfectionists, but has expanded into a place for all to come and be themselves, share their struggles and their victories, giving God the glory along the way. Our world today suffers from an excessive amount of pressure on all sides that leave an individual feeling overwhelmed, burnt out, and eventually hopeless. My guests and myself have experienced all of these feelings at one time or another, which is why these stories and encouragements will inspire and uplift you. Hi friends, welcome to season three of the You Don't Have to Be Perfect podcast. Season three has something extra special just for you. Along with the interviews you love from my authentic guests, you will have the opportunity to listen to the new free audio version of my newest book, The Relevant Old Testament, Illuminating Lessons from Imperfect People. I was inspired to create this audio version for those who want to listen during their commute or while doing the dishes. It is still recommended to sit down when you get a chance and go through this Bible study book as it involves a lot of one-on-one writing time with God. But I believe you will find this audio version helpful as you get started. Each chapter will be recorded as its own episode. Please feel free to share the listening links with your friends. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Inside today's podcast, I have with me Clarissa Mall. Clarissa is an award-winning writer and podcaster who helps bereaved people find flourishing after loss. Her writing appears in Christianity Today, The Gospel Coalition, Relevant, Modern Loss, Grief Digest, and more. She co-hosts Christianity Today, Surprised by Grief podcast, and hosts The Writerly Life. Clarissa holds a master's degree from Trinity Evangelical Divinity School and is a frequent guest on podcasts and radio shows, which is why it is such an honor to have you here with us today. Thanks for having me. Yes, I'm really excited to to talk about this because I think it's a a topic that we don't we don't talk about enough, but yet uh, it's really important. That's right. It's really important. So um I've just started reading the art of dying, which was actually written by your husband and, uh, the concept of that living fully into your life to come. I found that very intriguing. And again, um, like as he highlights in the book, it's, it's not something that is part of our culture anymore. Um, and so initially I I thought that you wrote this. Uh, after the loss of your husband, because that's when I met you. Um, but then I noticed that he was the author. So I was curious, um, were you both writers or did you just pick this up after he passed? 
Oh, yes. So we were both writers. I graduated with a degree in communications and he graduated with a degree in English. And uh, so for our entire 17 year marriage, we were writing and editing together. I worked in PR and marketing and uh, and teaching public speaking and Rob worked in journalism and corporate communications. But, you know, those two, all of those communication uh, fields overlap each other so much. And um, many nights we spent on the couch side by side with our laptops writing and passing the laptop over can you take a look at this can you edit this for me uh, it was a really beautiful symbiotic kind of relationship a great partnership to have your spouse doing the same thing that you did career-wise for your life wow knowing where i met you and then going back going back in time and and reading what i read so far is like oh my goodness god is very intricate Right. Mm -hmm. And, and plans, he, his plans are just like out of this world <laughs> really. But, um, I had a question following up from that. Do you hold the same belief as him that dying well is part of living well? Definitely. Yes. And I would add to that, that, um, learning to live well and die well means that you will grieve well. Uh, it's, it's when you're running away from grief or running away from death that you actually do struggle to live well. And then your end is not as you hoped it would be. So I think all of those three are wrapped up together. Wow. Yeah. And I like, as I've been noticing, as I read, I'm realizing, yeah, you know, I do avoid those things. And, um, when you're avoiding something like death, right. Or, you know, being around it, that's, that's a lot of fear mm -hmm. and fear in living is just ugly. It's just, it feels awful, honestly. Yeah. And that's just coming from my life. My, my observations as I'm reading, like, wow, you know, I don't, I don't like to live in fear. Like I know that fear happens, but are we going to like stay in it and, and function from it? Or are we going to continue to choose truth and life? And um, anyway, that was just something I was thinking of too, um, as I was reading. Yeah. Now you've written a beautiful afterword for this book. Like I loved it. I, I love your whole style. I loved the way the sentences just flowed together. I, I just thought it was beautiful. Um, and I highlighted a lot of passages. <laughs> um, and so reading your words regarding death made me think about how people have responded to the pandemic mm -hmm. and the fear of catching a virus, you know, how it overwhelmed the world and how we live. And as I mentioned, you know, I hope I'm not putting you on too much of a spot, but has the fear possessed by the masses affected your perspective on death? Mm -hmm. That's a really good question. You know, I think that there's a difference between fear and anxiety and, um, and because they, they manifest in much the same way in our bodies, uh, it's often hard for us to kind of pull those two apart and mm -hmm. separate them a little bit. You know, when you're afraid, um, your heart races, you feel sweaty or tingly, uh, you, you just want to get out of wherever you are or mm -hmm. get away from whatever it is that you're afraid of. And, um, and those are all very real. They're important. God designed us to run when we see danger. That's all uh, a healthy kind of design that he has embedded inside of us. But anxiety 
anxiety manifests in much the same way too, uh, a sense of dread, those same physiological kinds of symptoms. But anxiety is based in our anticipation of a threat, not an actual threat. And I think when it comes to talking about death and dying, we've got to be able to sit down with the idea of death and dying long enough to separate out those two. What are the things I'm afraid of? And what are the things that I'm anxious about? And, um, and you know, I, I'm still afraid of dying. I'm afraid that it will hurt. Uh, I'm afraid of the unknown step. You know, I, I'm a person of faith. I believe these things about what God has promised me, but stepping into that, that's a, that's a big unknown and, and that's scary and it's okay to acknowledge those kinds of fears, but it's when we allow those fears to grow into something that is not an immediate danger or a true known threat, that's where our anxiety begins to grow around grief and, um, and about, around death and dying. And that's where I find that most people actually reside. Mm-hmm. Our, our fears of death are normal. They are very normal. And, um, you know, we're, we're self-preserving. It's our nature, whether it's the pandemic or, you know, uh, sending your kid off to camp or yeah. driving for the first time, you know, they, we have all kinds of very real fears because we know that the world is a dangerous place. It's broken. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet when we operate from a place of anxiety about those potential threats, that's where we find the avoidance, the running, yes. um, the, the kind of trying to work around. Uh, and, you know, when it comes to death and dying, a lot of that is anti-aging and this uh, eternal quest for youth, you know, those sorts of things. When we find that we're trying to work around those fears, that's when I think it's time to stop and say, all right, I think we need to have a conversation about how we address this in a way that um, that acknowledges what is real and that can sometimes be scary and also allows us to let go, to release of the those things that genuinely we have no control over. Yes, yes. I loved what you said about the anxiety is kind of, you know, you worrying about what, just because you don't know how it's going to go. Um, that unexpected feeling. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's so true because just like you, like conceptually, I'm like, okay, everybody dies. Everybody dies. I know that. I know that I, and I personally believe that God has ordained every minute of my life. You know, like I'm going to live for as long as he wants me to live and I'm not going to cheat death. That's what I believe for me, like with the, the pandemic and everything, I, I was very disheartened because I felt like, um, the Christian community was, you know, just totally freaked out. (laughs) And, um, and I'm thinking, don't you trust God? Uh, Not, not just like, you're going to be okay. Trust God, but, but about this dying well, you know, it just kind of opened my eyes like, wow, you know, we, we really don't know enough about that. We've, we've resisted it, um, at least my entire lifetime, you know, um, it's more taboo. And I don't know, that's why I brought up that question, just because I feel like that's exactly what we've seen people doing, mm-hmm. trying to avoid, you know, in this case, a virus that they are terrified of. and are they living well in that avoidance? It doesn't look well to me. You know what I mean? (laughs) 
So that that's what had made me think of that. Um, now in the art of dying, I have this big quote, so forgive me, but I, I really loved it and I wanted to share it and, and ask you a question about it. Um, you say the new life I'm creating with our four children is not a repaired replica of what we lost. I cannot make my life good as new for the rest of my life. Grief will be my companion. But I also believe that my steps are ordered by a good God who has promised all things new, not good as new, but transformed. And I love this perspective so much. Um, and it wasn't one that I was familiar with, but I believe it's helpful for everyone. Um, not just those dealing with like the loss of a loved one, but would you agree that it's kind of like a, we all have different grievances, if you will, right? Like things that grieve us. And I feel like applying this, this way of thinking would be helpful for a lot of people. Yeah. I think that, uh, when we think about repair, when we think about God fixing things, we think of healing or recovery, you know, those kind of concepts that, um, that take what is broken and fix it. But when we look at scripture, this isn't what God promises us in the end. You know, when we look at revelation, we're promised a new heaven and a new earth. Uh, we're, we're promised bodies that are transformed into his likeness, which means something different than what it was before. And, um, and I think for people who are struggling, whether you suffer from chronic illness or you've lost a loved one, whether uh, you've gone through a divorce and life and relationships just haven't turned out as, uh, as you hoped they would, you long for something more than just a fix a band-aid, um, you know, something that has scars, you long for something that is transformed and new. And this is the promise of the gospel that when Jesus comes to save us, he doesn't come to just clean us up. He comes to make us brand new. And, um, and I think that really is the hope that I, I certainly know it's the hope that I have clung to in the face of Rob's death, that um, what is coming for us is so much better than what I enjoy now. And it's not just a souped up version of what I enjoy now, but right. it's something that, uh, you know, no eye has seen, no ear has heard and no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those he loves. Yes. Yeah. I really, I really do love that. Cause I feel like, um, a lot of the pain that people have, uh, actually comes from them trying to hold on to something that no longer exists. Um, and that's not, that's just not a, like a, you know, a once in a, you know, once in a blue moon, I see someone doing that. Like that's, that's what I see. Um, I see in like everybody's life that I really know, you know, like there's some aspect of this trying to hang on to what they believe to be good and, um, or like a, a pleasant time or, you know, and if we, could let go because we trust in that good God. That's, that's where our freedom lives. That's where our peace lives. That's how I think from what I heard you read, I was like, okay, yeah, I love that because, um, when we're trying to have that, you know, good as new, like, oh, let me try and like fix what's broken so that I can feel good again. We only really wear ourselves out. That is very true. Yeah. And, and the reality is that, um, 
that this is a moment by moment trusting. It's not a one and done. So it's not one day you just resign yourself to the fact that, okay, God, you're going to have to make everything new. And now I step forward in trust and it's always easy forever and ever. Amen. Right. Uh, at least that's not the way I found it to be in my own life. Right. Um, instead, it is a moment by moment. It's a uh, Lord, I trust you with this situation or Lord, I trust you for this next hour. And then I struggle again and I yeah. find I want to build my own life and I want to repair it on my own. Uh, but over time, I think that uh, all of those little steps toward trust, they equal into a journey with the Lord that is leading you where you want to go, which is a deeper intimacy with him, yes. a fuller trust and, um, and a deeper understanding of your belovedness. Yes. I love that. I'm so glad you said that. I, I, I completely agree. Um, I, I know that just as a whole, it's hard for people to trust period. You know, like you said, this world is, I think you said the word broken. And so we do have a lot of pain. And so we don't trust because we have a lot of broken trust. We have a lot of people that have let us down. That's what I was trying to say. And, um, what I have found is that the more that I've gotten to know God and journey with him the easier it is to trust him over and over and over again. Um, and, and then, like you said, there's certain things I think that I trust him with without even having a bat an eyelash because he has come through. He is so faithful so many times like, Oh no, I don't need to worry about that. But then there might be something that's unexpected or new and you kind of, Oh my goodness. <gasps> and you, and you panic for a minute and then you bring that to the Lord. And then you see him come through in whatever that looks like. So I think our expectations are a big part of it too. Mm -hmm. That's what I've learned. Letting go of what I think this should look like is part of how I practice my trust in God. Then the other part is knowing him more and more and more deeper and deeper. Uh, like you said, more intimately, that has been the biggest change for in my life, that chronic lack of trust that I see, um, even amongst Christians, it's because, well, they're too afraid. They're too afraid. And I used to be too afraid too. So I get that. But, um, you know, now I'm trying to encourage people, like, I'm telling you, if you spend time with God, if you submit yourself to him, if you surrender your worries to him, if you surrender your pain to him, he will guide you to the next place. He will, like, I promise. And it'll be easier and easier to trust him with each encounter. Yeah. Yes, he is faithful. He will not abandon you in that journey. Yes. So now you have just released a new book today, right? That's right. It released yes. today. And mine is going to arrive at some point on my doorstep. It's called Beyond the Darkness. And I love That's that title. Funny. So can you tell us a little bit about like what we can expect from this book? Sure. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that um, for most people who are grieving, they hope that there will be an end to their grieving experience, uh, that they will 
be able to get to a place where they do live beyond the darkness of their grief. But the reality is, like we've talked about, that the world is broken. And until Jesus comes to make all things new, you're going to live with your grief. You're going to live with the sorrows, the losses that you've endured. And um, and you've got to learn to, you've got to figure out how to live fully in the midst of these things that are so painful. And, uh, and that's exactly what Beyond the Darkness seeks to do, to give you a gentle guide to living with your grief and also thriving after loss. Uh, I am a hundred percent honest person. As far as grief goes, I, I do not sugarcoat or we're not no rose colored glasses here. Uh, grief is hard. It is, um, gut wrenchingly hard and it sticks around. It's heavy. It's despairing sometimes. And, uh, and I know from my own experience of losing my husband three years ago, that, uh, it really helps to have companions along that path someone who maybe is a couple steps ahead of you and says, Hey, you know, watch out for this, or I found a source of support in this space. And, um, and that's what beyond the darkness is. It's honest, soulful, practical grief support that's infused with gospel hope. Because I think if we just leave ourselves with how to's and, um, practical tips, we're at a loss because we do not grieve as those who have no hope. We grieve as people who belong to Jesus. And, um, so in beyond the darkness, you'll be encouraged to face that grief and I'll guide you through uh, how to do that in a way that will help you to thrive again, to not just hang on and survive, but to live a life that you can find deeply satisfying. Mm, I love that. Yes. And as Christians, we do get to grieve with hope. I'm actually really excited to read the book, even though I am not currently grieving, um, because I feel like it's just going to be a good resource in general. Um, because like I said, I feel like it could even apply to just chronic troubles, chronic pain. Um, and then that whole perspective of life, okay, you have this, but you also have Jesus. And, and he's going to guide you through. That's right. And, you know, everybody uh, has somebody that they know who is hurting Mm -hmm. and, you know, I'm, I'm amazed at how many folks will write to me and they say, you know, such and such person in my life just lost a loved one. What should I say to them? Should I send them something? What can I do to be supportive? Mm -hmm. You know, we really just as a culture don't have a a cultural understanding of how to be a supportive person. Uh, We know that casseroles and cards are really nice, but after that, we're kind of bereft of what do I do next? Um, and so, you know, if, if you haven't suffered a particular loss in your life, a book like this can be really helpful as a a gentle guide for you as a supportive person, you know, this is the window into what it looks like and to, to have lost a loved one. And here are some helpful things that you can do to be that person who comes alongside, who walks the long road with that person and reminds them of the truth of Jesus when it feels really dark. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I'm glad too, because I am one of those people that's like, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to show up because you know, you don't, you're so afraid of like making things worse, you know, like maybe they were having a good day and then you brought it up and then now they're in tears and, you know, <laughs> and <laughs> so, um, I, I look forward to that aspect of it. Um, Clarissa, how can we support you? I know we can support you by buying your book, of course, but, um, is there anything else we can do to support you and just, um, be a part of your, 
journey. Yeah. Well, I'd certainly encourage you to join me on Instagram at mall Clarissa. It is like my happy space on social media. You know, people will poo poo social media as uh kind of a difficult space to create community. But if you're a grieving person or you're trying to support a grieving person, I have found it to be one of the best places Mm -hmm. to connect, to find a sense of being known and encouraged. So find me there, join that community. It's a really vibrant group of people who comment and share all the time. And, um, and I'd love to connect with uh, readers there and uh, followers who just say, hey, you know, I felt like I was all alone. And then you shared this and I realized that I'm not crazy, I'm normal, you know, those kinds of things. And I feel like it's a group of people who's connected over the internet and we're just walking each other home. And it's mm-hmm. a great honor to, to host that space on Instagram and uh, to interact with folks there. Yeah, you know, I've I've found some of my best support through Instagram friends, you know, I didn't know them before, (laughs) but they are, I don't know. There is something about it. Like you can find some really amazing people, um, through that platform. And, uh, yeah. So you guys please connect with Clarissa there. I really think this is going to be a very, uh, important episode for people and a really important book as well. Uh, so I hope that people will listen and I hope that they will get your book and join your community. And, uh, I just thank you so much for sharing with us today. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this time. Thank you so much, Vanessa. Hi friends. I'm so glad you've been enjoying the, you don't have to be perfect podcast and wanted you to know that if you'd like to support and help share its uplifting message, you can leave a positive review on Apple or Spotify to donate 99 cents, 4.99 or 9.99 a month. Simply click the anchor link in the notes of this show. Once you're on the anchor homepage of the, you don't have to be perfect podcast, click the middle button that says support and select your amount and enter your info. It's quick and easy and will make a great impact on the lives of my family. Thanks for being with me today. Let's keep practicing saying no to perfect and yes to truth. Take care. Thank you.